Good morning, Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the man who is here every single day of the week when he wants to be, not yesterday, is Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. I didn't want to be here yesterday. We've had a bit of a strange week. It's... It's been a weird week. It's a little off. We had a love day on Monday. Mm-hmm. Some people celebrate that. I did uh, nothing Something at to do with Cupid and hearts and stuff. Yeah. I did pick up pizza on the way home, though, which is the best Valentine's Day gift I could have gotten. Was that heart-shaped pizza? I didn't pay extra for the heart-shaped pizza. <laughs> they, the pizza Hut was offering one, but it was it was extra. Because I, I feel like that would be less square, square inches. Yeah, yeah, it's not, uh, it it doesn't make sense and it would cost more. So your cost per square inch of pizza, I did the math on it, it just wasn't going to be quite as good. It wasn't economically viable. Yeah, and plus we were going to start shredding it apart when it came home and that seems like kind of a bad omen. Like a broken heart. Yeah, I mean, come on, people. Come on, man. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, this is Good Morning Liberty where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to, emphasis on when we want to. It could be any time of the day and it could be any day of the week. Most of the time it's every day of the week. Yesterday, in fact, I did not want to. It's, a, it's, it's just as simple as that. I didn't want to. Sometimes you need a day off. Yeah. So I took the day off by spending the entire day recording trading videos for the trading class instead. And that was my day off. Yeah. But I didn't do any politics for a little while, and that was pretty nice. I was in forced isolation with a tyrannical five-year-old this week. Mm. So interesting story for all the podcast listeners is that regardless of what the state of Tennessee is doing, um, Parker's school has their own protocol. And so apparently, allegedly, my son was considered a close contact of someone who tested positive for COVID's to steal uh, Eric July's terminology. Mm. I like mm. that, by the way, COVIDs. Um, and so he was forced to quarantine, and luckily my wife was able to work from home on Monday, so she kept him. We were able to do this show. Um, but yesterday and the day before, I told Nate we could have Parker on the show. Yeah. Um, but he said no one under 18 is allowed to participate. It's a uh, office rule yeah you know i don't make the it's a it's the policies that are in place and we're just following the policies and if we want to change them then we'll have to change the policies because you're a policy follower mm-hmm. yeah you I believe in everyone. walls and have you been following the news over the last couple of days somewhat okay somewhat it's, it's best to not follow the news is what i found yeah just don't look at anything just remain blissfully ignorant in your house and eventually when they come knocking on your door be like what the heck is this? I'm telling you, the ignorance is bliss statement is so true. It's very true. Like, if you just don't know, then what do you have to have anxiety about? Which kind of tells you how important all of the crazy stuff is really in your life, because if you just remain blissfully ignorant, you could probably end up just living a pretty nice, positive life and never have to worry about it. Stroll through life, no anxiety. Are we making an argument against the podcast right now? No. Okay. No, I'm just saying it's something to think about. You have to think about (laughs) both sides here. All right. Well, Charlie, you've got an article, which is just a, just to get the backstory and then a real article right afterwards. And then I've got a bunch of data behind this whole corporate greed narrative that everyone is out there touting right now, because it can't be their fault. It has to be the evil, greedy corporation's fault. And of course, we're talking about inflation right now. 
We already have Professor Anthony Davies on the podcast. Uh, we put that episode out on Sunday, and we talked a lot about inflation. Then we're going to go deep into the numbers here and just see really how much money, how much extra money, what their profit margins are right now. Is this really all because of corporate greed, or is there something else going on? Mm. Uh, just, uh, just a little bit of a fact before I give you the facts. Uh, there's something else going on. Okay. You know. Sorry. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Spoiler alert yeah. on that. Uh, there's something else going on. Can't it, be chalked up just to greed, huh? No. Um, but we gave a speech on privacy a couple months ago. I don't know when it was. It was July of 2021. No, no, that was when we did Freedom Fest. I'm talking about Free or Future Fest that we oh. did. Uh, I don't know when that it was. was October. Okay, so it's been a few months since we did this. And we talked about this specifically, this fact, and I may even include a clip from our privacy speech where we talk about why it's so important for donor data to remain private when they say, because they will use this to try and stop people who are rising up against the people who are in power. Mm. And so anyway, the story coming out of Canada, I thought was pretty yeah, important. The first up is north of the, of the border to mm -hmm. our tyrannical friends in Canada. We, you know, I, I feel Badly for them. Yeah. This is this is going worse than, you know, haymakers on a Tuesday. That's what they say. It's and, like my granddaddy used to say all the time. It's weird. I had a friend of mine text me and he goes, man, the West is turning out to be not much different than China and no. North Korea. And I responded to him and I was like, yeah, it's absolutely insane what's actually happening in these free countries, by mm -hmm. the way, the free countries that we have. Um, still more freedom than other places, but only if we can keep it. And I told him, uh, I was like, yeah, but all the libertarians are stupid for saying this is going to happen. You know, we, so this is one thing that really does bug me is libertarians or liberty minded people have been talking for a long time in this, you know, hypothetical uh, situation, for instance, like, oh, if, well, if we allow the government to do these things, we'll think about what could happen in the future. You don't know the unintended consequences of giving the government its power. And everybody's like, oh, well, that's not reality. You're such a kook. That'll never happen. Not in America. We'll, not in free countries. We'll Come make on. sure they don't do it. Yeah, they yeah. won't do that. How dare, like, it's not going to be a bad thing. And it turns out that history is a pretty good indicator mm -hmm. of what might happen in the future. And that when human beings uh, have a certain pattern of doing certain things, when they possess other things like power, uh, it's interesting how that ends up turning out. And it's hard to be right all the time. I got to tell you, mm -hmm. it is. It's very difficult to have the truth on your side because, you know, you're the, you're the fool at first. And then you become an I told you so person. And then uh, everybody's wondering, well, what could we have done to stop it? There was nothing we could do. And here we are trying to preach a message, for lack of a better term. I gave a pretty nice. why uh, this is so important. I gave a pretty nice Liberty Sermon on Tuesday's episode about this whole thing because I'm a it little was bit. A, that was a hell of a sermon. I'm I listened a, to it. I'm a little. I'm a little upset about all this because we've just handed over all this power to these governments. Now this is about data being leaked, and we have no proof that the government aided in the leaking of this data. Uh, but we do see how important it is for people to be able to have privacy and be able to donate to causes that they care about in private. I was just hammering home the point of you know, what's happening yeah. north of the border here. This coming from Yahoo. 
Hackers leak names of Freedom Convoy donors after Give, Send, Go breach. Give, Send, Go. Come on. You got to be better. <laughs> you got to be better. A leak site says it has received a cache, a cache of information, including uh, uh, about donors to the Ottawa Truckers Freedom Convoy protest after fundrais- uh, fundraising site Give, Send, Go was targeted by hackers overnight. And honestly, if Gibson Go had everything in place, hackers would probably still get into it because there's some really good hackers out there. Especially if it was the government that was doing the hacking. But I'm just throwing that out there. On Monday, Gibson Go's website said it was under maintenance hours after the site was hijacked and redirected to a page believed to be controlled by the hackers, which no longer loads. The redirected page condemned the truckers who descended on Canada's capital to oppose mandatory COVID-19 vaccinations, causing widespread disruption to traffic and trade for more than a week. Oh, my God. They caused disruption to trade for more than a week? Mm. How could the government stand for trade being disrupted for more than a week? How could? Yeah. The, go- the government would never put up with something like this, like shutting down a part of the economy. Closing businesses. For a week. Not allowing them to open. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they did the 15 days, but that was to flatten the curve. Mm-hmm. That's completely different. <laughs> the page also contained a link to file uh, contain a link to a file containing tens of thousands of records of what was described as raw donation data about those who dana- donated to Freedom Convoy. So go ahead with the uh, next one too, because I'm going to go into all the numbers after that. And then next up, uh, from from more information from Otta, from OttawaCitizen.com, threats close to Stella Luna's Gelato Cafe after owner's name appears in Gibson Go Data League. So this is the consequences, mm-hmm. folks. And this is the intended consequence, mm-hmm. by the way. This is not an un- unintended consequence. This is an intended consequence. All right, Ottawa's Stella Luna Gelato Cafe was forced to close Tuesday after receiving threats when owner Tammy, uh, Tammy Giuliani's name appeared on a hacked list of gifts and go donors to the Ottawa Freedom Convoy. Juliana says that she now regrets making her $250 donation on February 5th and that staff in the shop had begun receiving threats Monday morning after her donation was posted on Twitter. Now, she should have never backed down from this. Mm-mm. That's one problem no. here. Um, but also, it, uh, you know, it's always the right that's touted as threatening people mm-hmm. and not being tolerant and all of these things when truly we see a lot of the threats come from the other side of the aisle. Uh, I guess you could say extremes on both sides. But uh, this is this is not a good thing, folks. Uh, quote, we got a call from the team saying we're getting phone calls here, Juliana said in a phone interview Monday afternoon. I said, what's going on? What's going on? And they said they're threatening to throw bricks through our window. They're threatening to come and get us. We said, lock the door and we'll find out what's going on. Juliana said she ordered the shop closed and staff to go home for their own safety. She said she intended to report the threats to police in the leaked Gibson Go Post, Giuliani wrote she had initially given $100 on GoFundMe, but asked for a refund, and that fund was frozen. Quote, now I'm giving you $250 and taking food down to the truckers every day. Thank you for continuing to fight for Canadians across the country, she wrote. Now, given that, do you think she, this apology, this, uh, this apology that she's giving where she regrets it, she states her regret, 
Is it because she truly has ideologically broken with the trucker's convoy when she says she's uh, also taking food down to the convoy and she increased her donation? Now, this was in the last couple of weeks. She increased her donation from 100 to 250. And now she's coming out saying that she regrets doing it. Do you think that has anything to do with people threatening to throw bricks through her window or is she really just realized how dangerous and vile and disgusting these protesters are? in this trucker's convoy. Yeah, I think she realized it was full of Nazis. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, oh, now I deeply regret it. I wish mm-hmm. I could get my money back. No, yeah. it probably has all to do with the violence going on. And here's how she kind of circumvented this thing. She says that Giuliani confirmed she made the donation, but said she had no idea about what she thought was a peaceful grassroots movement would become. Oh, man. Quote, never in our wildest dreams did we anticipate what has transpired over the past couple of weeks. None of us anticipated what it turned into, and we certainly don't condone it. In retrospect, it was bad judgment, but does that mean that people have the right to threaten our staff? Does it Now, you can see the motivation here when she goes directly to um, the threatening of the staff. Mm-hmm. So what's the actual motivation for the apology? Does it mean people have the right to threaten to throw bricks through our window and to threaten my family? We made a mistake. Who could have anticipated it? Now, I think the fact that the truckers are doing exactly what they said they're going to do would have aided in the anticipation of what it turned into, Mm -hmm. you know, especially since she upped her donation after they'd already arrived in Ottawa. It's just I'm till I'm teetering between disgusted and sad for this apology right now. I mean, the truckers had in a in a in a uh, the truckers had. An anticipatory agenda. Mm-hmm. It and was stated. It was laid out there mm-hmm. for everyone to see. And now the apology is coming out. And see, folks, this is where they get you. This is where they get. This is why I think Jordan Peterson's right in that you should not apologize ever. You should stand your ground to these folks because are they going to forgive her and be like, oh well, it was a mistake. We all make mistakes. No, they're going to continue to come after her. And she's going to lose everything. And then she now has lost all respect for those who would support her for these donations. So now you're losing from both sides. We got to take a break so I can tell you about our new sponsor, the Bound by Oath podcast. Why is it so difficult to sue police and other government officials, even when they're violating the Constitution? The Bound by Oath podcast examines legal doctrines like qualified immunity that close the courthouse doors on victims of government misconduct. Brought to you by the Institute for Justice, a nonprofit law firm that litigates police brutality, free speech, and other civil rights cases. Bound by Oath is a legal history podcast with scholars, journalists, and litigators that feature stories of real people fighting to hold government officials accountable for using excessive force, lying on the witness stand, for putting innocent people in prison, and much more. You can listen to Bound by Oath on any podcast app And I can tell you right now, you're going to like it. If you like this podcast, you're going to like that one. Go find Bound by Oath on your favorite podcast app today. Okay, let's move on to this. Uh, So you'll see everywhere. Now, this stuff comes from, we talk about Dan Price a lot. We mention him because he's got a massive following. I just saw him on CNBC uh, yesterday, the day before. Uh, they asked him what was driving the markets right now. And he said, same as always, greed. That's what's driving them. Uh, and um, and so we'll talk a lot about Dan Price here. Robert Reich is out there 
Robert Reich uh, has has always been pretty crazy, but as he gets older, he is really losing it. He he doesn't even care about trying to present factual information anymore. It's all well. He's about, got a new book coming out. It's all about the narrative. So. That's all he cares about. Elizabeth Warren doing the same thing. Basically, everyone who's been arguing for doing what we've been doing, which is the modern monetary theory type policies for a while and saying that it wasn't going to run us into massive inflation. All of those people have pivoted to the only reason we have inflation right now is because of corporate greed. Mm -hmm. And uh, go back and listen to our episode with Professor Anthony Davies also just a few episodes ago. It was really good. So we're going to go through some of these things real quick. I think this is pretty important because is it is it all this record profit and the, it, we simply have higher prices because corporations are choosing to raise their prices and that's why we have inflation right now? It's pretty important because inflation is important to everyone. It affects everyone. Also, uh, I want to say if you like this type of thing, then you should go subscribe. You should. To Anthony Davies' podcast as well. Yeah. So, Okay, um, so Dan Price said, oh, the um, you're talking about words and numbers. Words yeah, and numbers. I listen to that. Every week. It comes out on Wednesdays. It's one that as soon as it comes out, I turn it on, listen to it. Because they take a deep dive into this type of stuff all the time because it's important to have the facts. Mm -hmm. And so... So um, Dan Price says... You have to know your number. You got to get the receipts, folks. Here's the receipts. I brought them. I brought Mm -hmm. them to the episode. Uh, He says, Amazon. Now, this is Amazon speaking on Dan Price's thing. We are forced to raise Prime memberships by $20 a year due to inflation. In quotation marks. Like it's some magical thing that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Inflation. Also, Amazon, Jeff Bezos' fortune is up $70 billion in the pandemic and is dismantling a historic Dutch bridge for his $500 million super yacht. Now, that story is going to be crazy, and we're going to see a lot of stuff from it because uh, people are upset about this bridge that they're having to literally dismantle to get Jeff Bezos' yacht out to sea. I feel like they should have thought about that possibly. Uh, anyway, so basically saying that, um, well, he didn't even really make a, he didn't really make a coherent argument here. He just said that Jeff Bezos' fortune is up a bunch. But we brought some numbers on Amazon. Don't worry about that. So you can see some of this stuff uh, right here on the page. So Amazon's net profit, net profit margin is uh, 7% right now. Now, what we can see is that uh, that does not get them up to what their highest profit margins have been. It has been going up some. It took a dip during the pandemic uh, and is up to 7%. In 2004, their net profit margin was 8.5%. And of course, their revenue uh, was $5 billion in 2004. It's $469 billion in 2021. The cost of their revenue, which is uh, things like delivery, materials, all those costs that you can't really do anything about, has increased by $110 billion during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But this is just purely because corporations are reaping in record profits. So that's one of like eight we're going to go through here real quick. Robert Reich said Starbucks is raising prices after reporting a 31% increase in profits. Now, that number right there should already trigger you a little bit because a 31% increase in profits could mean that it went from 1 to 1.31. That's not an absolute 31% increase in profits. That's not what the uh, what the number was. But once again, he's not even using the net profits anyway. Yeah, all, they're all using gross profits. They're all using gross. Okay. The company's revenue increased by almost 20% to over $8 billion. Now their revenue increased by almost 20% over what time frame? 
from the time frame that the economy was shut down to the time frame that the economy was open. Their revenues increased 20%. Mm. Let's just also get that out there. All right. Their CEO's pay increased by almost 40% last year to more than $20 million. That is a, can we get a number crunch on that? Their revenue went up to $8 billion. Their CEO's getting paid $20 million. Now that's obviously uh, why all their price hikes are happening. It's because they're, their uh, CEO is getting paid $20 million. We don't even need to do a math on that. I mean, it sounds like some big numbers. He says, do not be fooled. This is about corporate greed. It always is. And this mm. is the narrative that they have to go to because you can't blame it on the monetary policy because the monetary policy is the policy that they want. And so it can't be because of that. It's because of greed. Just like uh, health insurance costs going up after Obamacare. That was because of the greedy insurance companies. Yeah, It wasn't because of Obamacare. Those greedy mm-hmm. insurance companies. Okay, rest assured, if this all did come crumbling down someday, that no one's ever going to admit that they're wrong, by the way. That's not going to happen. These guys aren't going to say, well, we inflated the currency way too much. We pumped way too much fake money into the system. It ended up just creating a massive bubble. And then uh, people, we, had, we ended up having hyperinflation and people couldn't pay for anything. That's never going to happen. It's going to be blamed on the corporations. Yeah. Okay, this is this is... It just, wasn't our fault. Look at these greedy people in their your, super yachts. Your standard commie talk uh, is what we have right now. It's all the corporations. Okay, so uh, we look at Starbucks. Their profit margin, their net profit margin was 14%. In 2018, it was 19%. The prices are higher right now than they were in 2018. Mm. And their net profit margin was higher in 2018. Okay, the revenue in 2018 was $24 billion. Last year, it was $30 billion. Okay, even though they are, uh, and they're now making a lower profit margin. Yes, their overall revenue went up, but their gross profit margin did did not go up like this. Their net profit margin is down since that time also. It's definitely up since the pandemic, which is the numbers that a lot of these guys are pulling from also. Okay, Uh, let's go to another one. What was it for the pandemic? What was that? Uh, Let's go back. Uh, well, let's see, this is 5% right here. So what, 3.5%, like something three, like yeah, that? Three and a half percent. <laughs> yeah. And so now it's up to 14%. And, yeah. um, and so this is all just corporate greed. Uh, Chipotle, this is Dan Price once again speaking for Chipotle. We were forced to raise prices 10% over the last year due to, quote, inflation. Magic. It's not a real thing. Mm-mm. This is just something people are making up. Also, Chipotle... Last year, we gave our CEO a 137% raise to $38 million and paid him 2,900 times our medium worker, while our revenue is up 22% in the past year to a record high. Okay, so let's look at some of that stuff real quick from Chipotle. Once again, their net profit margins are not as high as they were back in 2015. So that also seems important. It's at 8.5% right now. Uh, their their high back then was up at 11.5%. Uh, the revenue uh, is higher, but their net margins lower. That means that their expenses are going up more than their revenues as a percentage. Okay, the, they're making lower margins on all of this. It takes money to make money. It does. Folks. And in fact, there's something called cost of revenue. It's great that you just said that. There's something called cost of revenue. Mm -hmm. Chipotle's cost of revenue went up $700 million year over year during this time frame. That was the biggest jump that it's had, their cost of revenue. Okay, let's look at a couple other things. Oh, by the way, I brought that in here also. 
So that all of this stuff is public information. It just takes time to go through and look at all of it. And they know that no one is going to do that. And what I'm saying right now, and what Charlie's saying is way more complicated than just saying that the reason you're hurting is because of corporate greed. Mm -hmm. That's so much easier. Oh, by the way, their CEO made $38 million. Ooh, that's bad. That's a half a percent of what their revenue was right there. That's definitely really bad. So it's much easier for them to say stuff like this, and they'll probably get away with it. Coca-Cola. You have to deflect. Mm -hmm. Deflect, blame other people. It's not their fault. The, the, you know, and it is really, it's much more difficult to uh, explain how inflation works um, and the, what modern monetary theory is and the inflation of the currency and all of those things. It is a little bit more difficult. It can be kind of boring. Mm -hmm. It's much easier to push the blame off and instead of the policies that I advocate for have led to this, it's... Well, we did all the right things. It's these people taking advantage yeah. of you, the lowly consumer that they depend on. They're out of control with their greed. Look at this. I'm going to document this greed for you. Coca-Cola, there's nothing we can do. We have to raise prices from Dan Price once again. Also, Coca-Cola, our profit is up 65% in a year. Now, do you think he's talking about gross profit or net profit? Right there. You, you guess which one it is. We spent $68 billion on dividends and stock buybacks in a decade, in a, in a decade, laid off 12% of staff in the pandemic, and the CEO pay went up 70%. Also, Coca-Cola. We'll throw this in here. Here's another chart of their net profit margin right here. You'll see that they have not made it up to what they were at in 2010, which was a 33% net profit margin. Last year, it was 25%. Their cost of revenue is up $2 billion year over year. And the most revenue they made, which was back there in uh, 2010, I think also was $48 billion. And last year, the revenue was $39 billion. So they're actually even lower on the revenue. But when you go back to Dan Price's tweet, he says, our profit is up 65% in a year. Man. From the pandemic. Yeah, from the pandemic when people weren't going and doing anything. They weren't buying anything. Oh, gosh. These people, you know, I, I don't know if we, we can't just ignore them because they've got so many followers. There's so many people that listen to them. The narrative ends up driving public opinion, which ends up driving public policy. And so you got to point out when they're literally just lying all the time, they're literally taking things like gross profit margins and gross revenues and putting it out there as if it's facts, all the while gaslighting, telling you that everyone else is crazy and everyone else is evil and greedy while they're literally finding misinformation and putting it out there and they know that they're doing it. I was going to say, one could call this misinformation. <laughs> I think you could. In fact, I this is fact-checked false, missing context. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what's happening here. Uh, Kroger, why are groceries so expensive is what people are saying. You're from Dan Price. Kroger profits are at record highs. The stock is up 36% in a year. Its CEO got a 45% raise to $22 million and makes 900 times the median worker. 75% of its workers are food insecure. They shouldn't feel insecure. They see food all the time. 63% <laughs> can't pay their bills. Many are on food stamps. Okay. Um, disinformation. Thank you, Joe. That's right. Misinformation would just be you could you could be presenting wrong information and not By even accident. knowing that you're doing it. Mm -hmm. They're intentionally putting out 
information that they know was wrong. Mm-hmm. So that is correct. That is disinformation right there. Uh, also, Kroger from us. So the profits are at record highs. This isn't inflation. This is corporate greed. Look at their net profit margin right here. 0.75%. Ooh, I would hate to be the CEO of that company. <laughs> Just one little mistake. One little mistake. It happened. Look at there in yeah. 2008. Dipped down below right there in mm. 2008. 0.75%. In 2018, their profit margin was 3%, their net profit margin. Prices are way higher right now than they were in 2018, and they're making 0.75% net profit versus 3%. Their revenue is at record highs, and that is true. Look at their revenue right here on this graph. It is at record highs. Look at that. But then once again, look at their net profit. What does that tell you? They're taking in more money, but their expenses are way higher. Look at those two things. There's the, there's the profit right there. Gross. The gross profit. And there is the actual net margin right there. Going down, moving down. All he had to say about that was that, uh, was that their revenue was at record highs. That's the only true statement he could say out of mm-hmm. that because he can't even say that, that their profits are going up. And he knows that. I hate it when people get manipulative like this. Blatantly obvious, man. Tyson raised their prices 20% due to inflation costs. At the same time, Tyson's profit margin went up 19% and hit $1.1 billion last quarter. Companies are getting richer than ever by referring to corporate greed as inflation. Once again, in quotations, look at that. Okay, so Tyson's uh, actual net profit is at its peak since 2018, but the prices are way higher for them. But they have found a way to get their net margins up there. Maybe he's got them on this. Maybe there's just a little bit of greed. Perhaps Tyson's on. a little bit closer to the supply chain. Possibly. So, yeah. Well, what about, the, I mean, what, what about these losing years mm, or these losing quarters? Do yeah. people pay them back Mm-mm. for losing money? That's a good, that's a, a, a good point too. Um, Cause when you go through like uh, look at Coca-Cola, uh, they had a big Amazon down right there. The best one. Amazon was a good one. Chipotle. Look at, look at those losses for Amazon. 60%. Look at this. Massive right there. Minus 60% net profit. They barely get up here above this zero line and everyone's screaming about it. Where was everyone screaming about it when they were back here mm-hmm. in this area? They weren't anywhere. They were just mad that Amazon didn't exist yet. That's what they were worried about. Uh, so let's see. We were talking about Kroger. We talked about Tyson. He put out another tweet. ExxonMobil, highest profit in seven years. Chevron, highest profit in seven years. He names off some other ones. Guess it's just that inflation. It is. I, man, I hate this guy. Tell me you're ignorant without telling <laughs> me you're ignorant. It's a new TikTok trend. Exxon, speaking of losses, I could have just come forward one. That would have been way easier. Yeah, there you go. Uh, speaking of losses, they, uh, they lost their butts. Now, uh, is Exxon benefiting from a cartel that operates overseas called OPEC? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Uh, but check this out. Their profit margins right here, uh, right up here around 7%. That doesn't uh, get up to what they were in 2007, which was around 12%. Okay, so... We're not up to that point yet, but that they're, they're at their highest profit in seven years. Their cost of revenue uh, went up, what is that? $75 billion year over year. Their cost of revenue went up. 
Seventy-five billion dollars. It's like sixty-five percent. Sixty. I uh, did it early. Sixty-one percent. Yeah, is what it is. Okay. I was just trying to do it in my head. Quick. Yeah. Uh, Chevron, ten percent. That's not their highest profit margins whatsoever. Their cost of revenue also went up about forty billion dollars. Their cost of revenue went up eighty percent year over year. <clears throat> But it's just because of corporate greed. It's not because of cost for the materials. Mm-hmm. It's just corporate greed. That's all it is. I guess we got one more here. Disney. We're forced to raise prices for theme parks, which he says are up 165% since 2000. Also, we just laid off a bunch of workers and made $2 billion in profit last year. What about the year before that, where they lost a bunch of money? That doesn't seem very important. I Look mean, at- they had plenty, though. You know, look at their profit margin, their net profit margin is up around 4.5% before the pandemic. It was up about to 22%, but it's just because of record profits. That's, Mm -hmm. that's all this is just record profits. It's the only explanation, Nate. Oh man. I can't believe you don't see this. Um, You're blinded. I think you guys get the idea and girls and everyone. Whatever, whatever sex you identify as, I think everyone understands. Guys and gals, theys and theirs. <clears throat> exactly. Um, this is not just because of corporate greed. Are corporations charging the most they can get away with and maximizing their profits uh, versus the amount of volume they can sell at what price so they can maximize their profits? And are, are they also trying to make up for some losses yeah. that happen potentially? Are they doing that? Mm. Yes or no? Yeah. Yes. Was there a period of time where they weren't doing that? No. No. That's what they've always been doing. So what changed right now? The amount of money that we threw in to the economy, the amount mm. of fake money that we threw in, and the supply chain stuff as well. What changed is we screwed up the supply and we screwed up the demand. Those are the things that changed because the corporations have also, always been trying to get... Also, all done by government. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's... And why is it greed if they raise their prices? Is it not greed for you to want to get a reduced price? It's, yeah. Is it? Professor Davies said that. Is it not a altruism when the price of gas goes down? Is it corporate altruism? Right. No. It's still corporate greed. They're still trying to get the most amount they can. Yeah. The, the market changed. They're trying to find that bell curve, right? Yeah. Where the pricing is literally the price where they can sell the most amount possible for their margin, mm-hmm. by the way. Not for gross, not for anything else. It's all about the margin. Okay. And none of these tweets have anything to do with margin whatsoever. No. no. It's all about gross revenues, gross profits, all of that. And they're taking the, the from the lowest point in the pandemic till now. Go through the next article real quick. So <laughs> just speaking on that. It, of course, these corporations, folks, they're run by rich men. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the world's. This is from The Guardian. The world's 10 richest men see their wealth double during COVID pandemic. These these evil, greedy men here. The 10 richest men in the world have seen their global wealth double to $1.5 trillion since the start of the global pandemic following a surge in share and property prices that has widened the gap between rich and poor, according to a report from Oxfam. Isn't it weird that apparently the... The global pandemic started at the day the stock market was at its lowest price. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they timed that or why it started moving up because the pandemic just started that day. 
I don't know why it started moving up after that. This is, yeah, it's, it's unexplainable. <laughs> so urging governments to impose a one-off 99% wealth tax on COVID-19 windfall gains. COVID-19 windfall gains. Mm-hmm. This is an article posted by Robert Reich, by the way. The charity said World Bank figures showed 163 million more people have been driven below the poverty line while the super rich were benefiting from the stimulus provided by the government around the world to mitigate the impact of the virus. Now, that's not completely untrue because we do know that the people closest to the money supply, right, whenever you do uh, helicopter money, Right when the Fed prints all the money, the people who get it first are they going to see the most benefits? That is true. That's well, that part also of the problem. A, a large portion was corporate, was direct corporate bailouts, if you want to call right. it them. But the PPP loans that money. were con- that were yeah. forgiven. A small portion of it, a smaller portion of it, was money given directly to the people. A large portion of the money was uh, money given directly to yeah. businesses. But 163 million more people have been driven below the poverty line by what? It couldn't be from the government shutdowns of the mm-hmm. whole fucking economy, could no, it? No, that's not it. There's no way that no. could be it. That just came out, by just the way. some kind of capitalism thing. Oxfam projects that by 2030, 3.3 billion people will be living on less than 550 per day. Oh, the charity said the incomes of 99% of the world's population had reduced from March 2020 to October 2021 when Elon Musk, of course, of course it was. That's the, literally the bottom of the pandemic. You, in America alone, you close down 400,000 small businesses that will never open their doors again. That will never open their doors again. What do you think happened to those people? And, and it wasn't that it was their choice to close down. They were forced. Or to you know have your license taken away. You can't operate in business. When Elon Musk, the founder of the electric car company Tesla, and other nine richest billionaires have been collectively growing wealthier by $1.3 billion a day. Now... While there's, while they're talking about Musk, yeah, from March 2020, they miraculously, and by the way, they said for uh, later on, they say for the first, for, for the first 20 months of the pandemic. Now, what time frame in the stock market do you think they are grabbing by randomly choosing 20 months of the pandemic? They chose the absolute bottom after the pandemic had already started, March uh, 13th all the way to the absolute top of the market a couple months ago is what they chose October to measure October 2021. <laughs> so when we get to, uh, uh, by the way, I, I showed that right here. This is where they started. This is a monthly chart right here, right here where it dipped down. And then they went all the way up here, 20 months miraculously right here at the very top. Not the 33% that's fallen down since then. But the right here from the bottom to the very peak of the market. Looks like a good time to buy. Yeah. Honestly. Sure. On the monthly chart? Yeah, if you wanted to yeah. get in Tesla, it looks Dude, like a good... Dude, monthly chart's so much easier. You just got to be patient. bounce point there. <laughs> that's just that's just saying. Yeah. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm just saying mm-hmm. it looks like it could be. It's not investment advice Mm-mm. at all. So... Uh, the next one, when he talks about Facebook, that's where it really gets ridiculous. Now, how much money did they lose, by the way? From the peak in, let's say, 2018 until, you know, the bottom of 2020. Oh, they're still, I think, until Q4 uh, last year or Q3, they were still down overall on the profits they made. Now, that's not reflected by the stock price because the stock price is what Charlie and I are willing to pay for a share of Tesla. And that has been completely removed from the amount of money that Tesla makes. Mm -hmm. Those two things are separate and not equal. 
It's like buying Amazon when it was a you know a hundred dollars a share and they were losing sixty percent. Yeah. Of of their money. All right. It was the belief of what Amazon could turn into, which is half a billion dollars a year in revenue, probably going to be a trillion dollars here pretty soon. So that that was the belief back then where people were like, oh, you're buying a losing company, Amazon, blah, blah, blah. Uh, well, it turns out those people who bought back then were right. All right. During a period when technology stocks were soaring on Wall Street, Bezos's net wealth rose 67% to $203 billion. Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg's wealth doubled to $118 billion. Where's that at today, by the way? Yeah. While the wealth of the founder of Microsoft, Bill Gates, increased by 31% to $137 billion. So here's a perfect reason that this uh, is such a terrible idea. And they just mentioned Facebook. His wealth doubled to $118 billion during the pandemic. Well, here's an unfortunate fact. Um, his wealth is now below what it was uh, when the actual pandemic started, by the way, up here, is now below that a couple months before this bottom that they picked. So they picked the very bottom so they could measure and show the largest numbers that they possibly could. Now, when the pandemic actually started, that is what his wealth has dropped back down to. Now, here's the issue. You do a 99% tax at the point where they decide they're going to do it at the peak of all of his wealth. He doesn't have that anymore. It's not there anymore. Will it's he get a tax credit? Gone. I, I'm sure Robert Reich is pushing to give him some money. Yeah, because That's he doesn't have all that money he gained. Unrealized capital losses. He, he should get mm -hmm. a, a credit yeah. for that. But that's why this whole idea of talking about these people's wealth is so ridiculous. And Facebook is a perfect example for this conversation right now. It's back down. There has been no gain since then. But they're talking about how they need to tax away the money that he made during the pandemic, which he didn't make it. It's gone. Okay, sorry. Yeah, he never had any of it. No. It's literally all gone. All, all of it. Mm -hmm. He should have sold some, honestly. <laughs> You I'm know. sure. I'm sure he sold a little bit. Probably I'm sure he made taken, a little bit of money. Taking some profits yeah. now because, ooh, that thing's looking rough. Mm -hmm. Very rough. Now, if you're part of Pfizer, though, this is good news for you because Oxfam said a one-off 99% windfall tax on the COVID wealth gains of the 10 richest men could pay for enough jabs to vaccinate the entire world and provide the resources to tackle climate change, provide universal health care and social protection, and address gender-based violence in 80 countries. That's the thing, folks. They just don't have enough money for all of this because the 10 richest people in the world are holding this. In 80 countries, they could do all of these things. With, with $1.5 trillion, by the way. Yeah, for, for the whole world, basically. Mm -hmm. They could tackle climate change. We could vaccinate everyone. We could provide universal health care and social protection. And we could address gender-based violence. But instead, these men are greedy, greedy, profit-seeking, climate earth suckers <laughs> that are just at the teat of the money drain. <laughs> and they're never going to stop unless we force them they're literally to saying, give up their wealth. They're literally saying the $1.5 trillion. Now, that's not even the whole thing because that's what their wealth gained to. They're saying a 99% tax on what they made during the pandemic would pay for all the vaccines, universal health care, all that stuff? All of it. Mm -hmm. My God. They're, they're not even trying to be truthful with their information. Now, they are quoting what Oxfam says. 
Of course. So they're just quoting what someone else said they could do with that money. So mm -hmm. they're not actually beholden to any of those numbers. I can see Charlie taking his ears off right now. So I know it's a, I know it's time to go. We could go on about this for I know. for days. Yeah. Oh, it's so frustrating. I apologize for the F word. It literally just came out of my mouth. I would guess my speech was ahead of my thoughts. <laughs> so, I hate it when that happens. Sorry to the kids out there. Okay, they also say just right here at the end, uh, it would take the 10 billionaires 414 years to spend their combined wealth at a rate of a million dollars each per day, the charity added. Thanks for making that completely uh, subjective argument right there. Uh, it would take the U.S. government about three months to run through all of that money. And so I don't know what argument they're making they could do with all of that. Yeah. It, it makes no sense at all. It's unbelievable. All right, I got to go. I love all of you. Nate, take them out of here. Okay, if you enjoyed today's episode, and I know that you surely did, then tell your uncle, tell your aunt, tell their children, your cousins, the ones you like and the ones that you don't even like, that they need to listen to the Good Morning Liberty podcast every single day of the week when we want to, because we are bringing in the receipts that no one else is bringing in when they say all of these ridiculous, pointless statements. So tell them about this. We got to share the show. We got to get this word out there before too many people become consumed with the misinformation, the disinformation, and it becomes too late for everyone. It's never too late. People can change. We just have to get the information out there to them. Our podcast keeps growing every single month. We say that every month, and this month it's up, uh, I think, 25% over last month. And last month we were talking about how it was up 10% over the previous month. It's literally growing every single month because you guys are sharing the show. You're listening. Uh, try to listen to all the episodes that you can. There's quite a few of them. Uh, 660 episodes now of this podcast. So take the 660 episode challenge and then report back to us uh, what your favorite one was, and um, we'll, we will send you a thank you card if you listen to all 660 episodes. All right, if you do all those things, and I mean all of them, including listen to all the episodes, we'll be right back here tomorrow with Dumb Bleep of the Week. Until then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. <laughs>